Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 48. Already? Yep, we've got a twofer publishing this week. This time, we called up our good friends Cameron Steely and Preston Osborne of ODD Racing. ODD has become one of the preeminent rally teams in America, highlighted by their amazing two-wheel drive Rally America Championship back in 2016. And they are starting off 2019 with a bang, having just won their limited four-wheel drive class at Snowdrift a week ago. We really enjoyed sharing lots of laughs with two of the most fun characters in rallying. Apologies in advance as some of the audio from Cameron's cell phone drops in and out at times, but we think you'll get the gist of what Hollywood is saying anyway. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Open Paddock Rallycast. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and with me is our co-presenter, Icicle shivering to stay warm ian holmes ian how you doing yeah i'm i'm shivering yes it was minus 33 this morning out on the prairie so uh yeah i've uh i've done well i did go out and do the cliched throwing the boiling water in the air and uh watching it what watching it turn to snow but other than that i stayed in stayed warm in the house all day i've been doing some research i've been watching videos on for on our special guests i've been watching their in-car videos and uh, stuff like that so uh, looking forward to chatting to them about it well let's get on with it then we have our guests this evening are preston osborne and cameron steely of odd racing so excited to have you guys both on the show uh just first of all how are you guys both doing uh cameron let's start with you I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, we just got back from surgery. We had a pretty good time there. You know, we got second overall in the class. So, uh, yeah, feeling pretty good about myself right now. Awesome, awesome. Uh, what about you, uh, Preston? How are things uh, back at the shop? Ah, oh, they're good. You know, Mike uh, and, and Ian. Thanks for having us on. You know, we we just got back to work. Uh, gave the guys a couple of days off after snowdrift. More to probably thaw out than anything. But uh, you know, it's it's on to the next race. Well, you know, that's, uh, Ian is in the deep freeze right now. So uh, where you guys at are considered nice and warm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ian, where are you based out of? I, I, I'm, in the, I'm on the prairies of Minnesota where it was, a, where it was a balmy minus 33 this morning. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, we're back I, I in was... Denver all of 50 degrees today. So uh, <laughs> it, it feels tropic here. I, I, I was just checking the National Weather Service wind chill figures. And for the town just down the road that has the weather station, the wind chill was minus fifty. Oh man, that's oh, brutal. So yeah, I, I stayed. I, I stayed in. I stayed in yeah, the house say, all was, day. I was gonna say I wouldn't go anywhere. I thought it was bad when it was negative twenty-eight out and uh, at Snowdrift in Michigan. I was saying incredible <laughs> with the heater full crank. Yeah, yeah, that that's my rule for snowdrift. I tell Led or crew chief that, uh, you know, okay, sort out the car as much as you can, but as long as we've got uh, four mostly round tires and one working heater, then I'm happy to go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, before we get into snowdrift, since you guys are new on the show, you know, one thing we always want to get is a little bit of a background uh, on, on how you guys got started in rallying. So, uh, Cameron, let's start with you. How did you get bit by the rally bug? Uh, so I, you know, when I was younger, I always, uh, wanted to be, uh, like a race car driver or a professional basketball player or some type of pro athlete. And I started watching a little bit of rally when I was younger, but really wasn't, didn't pay too close attention, but kind of liked it, but wasn't sure. I was more into like the mainstream, like basketball and baseball. 
And then I bought my first Subaru in 2007, and I really started paying more attention to, uh, you know, Rally in America, WRC, because Subaru was big in WRC at the time. And so I really started paying attention to that. And, uh, you know, Kim Black had come out with the Jim Connor videos, and I was a big fan of Travis Pastrana, and he was starting to rally race. And I really liked what they were doing, and I looked up to those guys, and I was like, oh, man, this looks like a lot of fun. I think I could do this. And, you know, being a Subaru guy, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go drive that TV and mess around, you know, gravel roads and stuff. And so I uh, eventually kept bugging my parents, like, hey, send me to rally school. Send me to rally school. I want to learn how to do this. So I eventually convinced them to help me out. They sent me to rally school at Team O'Neill. I learned how to drive out there found out i was pretty good naturally gifted talking to some of the instructors that said you know if you can keep it on the road keep this pace and build from there you can eventually you know be a decent driver and i was like all right cool and they my parents still weren't quite convinced because i needed their help you know the support of the sponsors because it's really expensive and so i convinced my parents to send me back and i got my dad to do the class with me this time and uh once he started he got in the car he was hooked and he's like all right yeah let's do this this is gonna be awesome this will be a lot of fun and so yeah, we just went from there. We got an uh, entry-level two-wheel drive car and started there. Uh, it was just me and my buddy and my dad, and we started going to races and started slowly getting faster. But, uh, you know, I was a little too big for my head and was wrecking a lot, and I needed to calm down slow down. I uh, got a different co-driver to kind of help me out a little bit, learn some stuff from him. And then I met Preston through rally racing, and uh, meeting him, I just kind of clicked right off the bat. Uh, you know, we got along really well, which is rally you know we we spend like 70 days at least together a year which is a long time to spend with someone if you don't like and i really like him he gets me i get him we work really well together and then and we just slowly built the team from there and then we got like mechanic and we pick up ronnie and then danny and we've just slowly built the team from there and yeah i've been hooked ever since and never want to give it up i'm hoping when i'm six i can still be one of those you know rally enthusiasts going out there trying to do something <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Hooking your dad to uh, help convince him. that That's good. I like that. Take dad yeah. to the rally school. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's the way to get started, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Convince him. <laughs> well, and if you know Rod, he is he is so enthusiastic about rally, too. You know, he, he loves the sport, and he won't get in the car with Cam now just because uh, I think he's a little too, too fast to keep him comfortable. <laughs> but he still loves coming to the races. You'll see him in most of them. Well, what about you, Preston? You guys met at a rally but uh, yeah. you obviously have some rally background before that. Sure. You know, mine's uh, not nearly as interesting being a co-driver. Um, of course, we're known to be a little bit geekier than the drivers. And so I actually first found rally through video games, uh, believe it or not. You know, I love playing racing games when I was a kid growing up. Um, and I came across, I don't remember if it was Sega rally or Colin McRae rally first. Uh, but I was like, oh, my gosh, this this type of driving is really cool. You're sideways, you know, throwing big rooster tails at dirt or snow or whatever it is. Um, and so that's how I found out about rally. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an internet kid. So start searching for rally and find WRC and start watching a ton of videos. And, and like a lot of people, my age, Colin McRae, of course, was, was a big influence just because he was that big personality. Um, but I uh, got interested in it, started doing rally crosses here in Colorado 
and and things like that. And and actually, one of the guys that I met through Rallycross, uh, his name is Andy Kingsley. Um, he wanted to start doing stage rally and uh, needed a guy to co-drive for him. And he may or may not have been sleeping on my couch at the time, which is probably <laughs> why he could afford a rally car. But we bought a little POS uh, 1991 Honda Civic hatchback uh, that's still floating out there somewhere in the rally world. And we just beat the crap out of it in a few races and and like the browns i did start out doing some of the hill climbs and and honestly i learned how to co-drive we would go out uh to some of the back roads and back mountain roads here in colorado and we would just find a stretch of road that was pretty deserted write notes for it and and so that's how i learned how to drive or how to co-drive for it and you know a lot of people ask oh don't you get sick reading notes and and i joked that Growing up, I was trained as a co-driver because we did a lot of road trips uh, as our vacations growing up, and I love to read. So I would sit in the back seat and read while we're on these windy mountain roads, and uh, I used to get really sick doing it, but apparently they must have been good books because I would kind of read through it, and eventually I got over it. <laughs> wow, a so, lot of parallels yeah. there. I, I Similarly, uh, being obviously from a mountainous area over here, and yeah. lots of road trips, you know, obviously camping was a family thing and stuff like that. And yep, reading in the car and, uh, and then also with the video game stuff. Uh, one thing that I, yeah. it really hit me with the video games is like, this is an environment that looks like where I grew up, you know, versus circuit <clears> racing <throat> stuff or using these tropical places or whatever, you know, usually good, weather, but you got rain and you got all this, you know, these mountains and things like that. I'm like, this looks like where I live, right? Yeah. And so I yeah. felt that connection more, I think, with Rally right away. That, and you're not run off the road by somebody else. And, you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. You don't have to worry about <laughs> right. the other people. Exactly. That's so why Cameron like doesn't like better. to race me on the go kart track. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll take me out. He's like, boom. I'm like, hey, he's racing. I was like, yeah, but come on. <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, you're usually the one trying to take me out because you can't keep up. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Keep up. He's, he's actually a better go kart driver than I am. Uh, yeah. I, I always try and take him out. So whenever I get a chance, I try and uh, either uh, you know pit maneuver him or cheat on him when he's in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love, love that you guys take little jabs at each other. That's great. Hey, we're we're still competitive. That's how it has to be. <laughs> if oh, we're yeah, in the car, it works great. When we're against each other, it's a different story. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you guys. Is that's also another draw to rally for me is the conditions. Is that to me it, it was. It, the driver had to be the most disciplined at everything. He couldn't just go away at being good at tarmac or gravel or snow or ice. He had to be good at all of them. And that, that's what really got me interested into it is because you do race in sun, you know, rain, snow, sleet, doesn't matter, mud, all those conditions. And that's what I really do enjoy about it is because you have to be good at all disciplines of racing. And I know I, I struggle at some more than others, but I, that's why I like about that. It's a challenge of, it's never the same. And even when you are on the same roads, conditions are different. You know, is it, is it slippy? Is it, you know, hero dirt where it's just a little bit damp. So you get that extra grip. Is it really rocky and pebbly and you lose surface? And I think that's what really likes me is because it's ever changing. And I like that. It keeps me interested instead of doing the same corner over and over and over again and trying to perfect it. Now I, I kind of have like a little thing of trying to perfect every little corner, but they're always different and it's always changing. So I'm always having to stay on my toes, which I really enjoy. So Cam and I first met, um, I was still racing with Andy at OTR, as a matter of fact, and we had 
uh, broken a transmission um, on Ketchum when we used to run the the Fur Mountain stages. Cam had he may or may not have rolled after the finish line on a stage. And so we were replacing a transmission and him and his dad were trying to fit a, I think it was a Subaru legacy windshield to an, to a focus. Um, Cause that was correct. the closest thing they had to a size to fit their car. So they're just gooping on the windshield, you know, sealant and, and, we're trying to replace the transmission by flashlight, and that's how I met Cameron. <laughs> yep, <laughs> working on our cars in the parking lot, and yeah, I think our windshield was sticking over the, uh, the part of the roof by at least a couple inches. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we definitely had some duct tape on it by the end of it, and then we had like <laughs> cardboard in the back windows, and uh, you know, duct tape and. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a little bit. <laughs> so, next question, though, is uh, ODD Racing. We were kind of wondering, you know, that's an odd name. Um, where, <laughs> where did that come from? Um, so, uh, I, a lot of the, my dad owns his own trucking company, and uh, a lot of the drivers know me pretty well, and they like to give me a hard time. And, uh, they, they were giving me a hard time about racing and cause you know, my dad pays for most of it. Actually, he pays for all of it. I mean, not why. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, one of the drivers was like, you know, you guys are all in bunch. And you know, dad pays for this. Like, well, let's call this on dad's dime. And I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> on, on dad's dime. <laughs> <laughs> that is what ODD stands for is on dad's dime. That so, is brilliant. It, I love it. And and by drivers, he was talking about, you know, the drivers of his dad's trucking company. Sure, sure. Because, um, mm-hmm. of course, it's a small business, so everyone's really close, and, and, and they got to pick on the kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they were picking on me, and I was like, you know what? And I just went with it. You know, they were making fun of me. I was like, no, that's actually a great name. I love it. And it fits our team perfectly because you look at us, we're all from, like, in a different background, and we're all a little different, a little quirky in our own ways, and so we're kind of an odd team, and then... It's my dad pays for everything, so it is on dad's time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you guys built up this team over time. You know, you t- mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, you guys now actually build race cars, not just for yourselves, but for other teams. You guys have done, uh, you know, uh, modifications for other people or whatever. I mean, how many race cars is ODD built now? Sure. You know, we we're a a full motorsport fabrication shop at this point. So, um, you know, we've built our twos, our ones, of course, RSTs and the RS we're working on. Um, As far as the number of cars that we've built, um, Ed McNelly, our, our crew chief, I mean, he's built probably honestly at this point 15 plus fiestas uh to be rally cars and and for odd specifically i think we've built seven or eight um so so it's a lot of rally cars coming out of our our kind of humble little shop in the middle of nowhere in colorado um and and it's some pretty cool stuff that he can put out you know when when i first got involved with the team and seeing the first car that he actually built for us um it, it was so neat to see how customized it is, say, for Cameron as the driver, that car is built around him. So everything is in a specific place for him. And and we just finished another ST build for a customer who's uh, actually going to be debuting it at 100 acres. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, We're doing some testing a few weeks ago with him. And same thing, that car was built for him. And he actually comes from the desert racing world where, I mean, everything's kind of cookie cutter. He's got a trophy truck and that was 
built from a kit. Um, mm-hmm. And so he didn't realize why we needed him to actually fit the seat and where we need to position the seat. Uh, that was kind of foreign to him. So, um, so you know, I, I've only been full-time with the team since August, but even in that time, seeing the type of work that Ed's putting out is, is really cool to be involved with. It, so it really is. It's it's amazing because like as a driver, I don't realize I didn't realize how nice it was to have a customized car. Because I and then when I drive the Fiesta, it was built for me, and now we're in the Subaru right now, and that Subaru feels foreign. Like I make it work, but it's not as nice. Like I'm a little bit closer to the steering wheel. The cage is is a little bit closer, so I can't sit as far back. I'm a little bit higher up. You know, it's amazing how those little things and those details just make you feel that much more comfortable in a car when you're just where you sit and i i also didn't realize that first either until i got the custom cars that ed built for me and i'm guessing comfort builds confidence oh yeah definitely i mean the more comfortable i am in the car and just also for a safety standpoint for me is because i am a pretty tall guy i'm like six four so when i have a seat and i can't really get in and out of the car because of the cage because i'm sitting so close you know, if, if we have a big accident, I like it when we have the custom car because then I can get in and out of the car a lot easier, which makes me feel a lot more comfortable and it's a lot safer. Yeah. So, so what's what prompted the uh, leap from uh, being 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 a rally team and then becoming a uh, full full on, like you say, race car workshop? Well, so Ed has a really great reputation within the rally community. You know, he he was the lead kind of builder and fabricator team o'neill for a number of years um and uh and so he started working with us as as odd and you know built our first st and and then you saw people see those cars and went holy cow that's that's pretty cool you know how do we get one of those and and uh after a lot of kind of going back and forth it turned out to well why don't we build it for you um, and you know, we're, we're still taking steps and, and working through some growing pains just because, uh, like this ST that we just built, a lot of people don't realize, but that had about 900 to a thousand man hours into it. Wow. Um, you know, you, you see a lot of these used cars and, and uh, something I talk about all the time is everyone has a budget and obviously we work with, with kind of the higher end of the budget, but we can build a car for $10,000. We can build a car for a hundred thousand dollars, but it's really that pinnacle car that that we want to push just because i mean it is so much nicer than um you know buying that used car that's been run and and beat to death and then uh, even this subaru that we have right now as we've owned it we are working through so many problems just to get the car to work the way we need it to um you know as everyone knows we've blown a couple of engines in it and a lot of what we found is oh there's sensors that are active in the tune that aren't actually reading anything or, you know, this isn't calibrated correctly. So uh, it, it's been a lot of undoing things that have been done incorrectly just to make it work. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you do that. So as people came to us and asked us to build it, um, you know, we, we decided, yeah, why don't we start doing this? And, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm uh, funny story you... about the Subaru. Oh, sorry. Okay, I was going to say go funny ahead. story about the Subaru is that actually uh, when the Motors in it was actually from my daily driver STI that we stole out to do Oregon Trail last year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ed called me up last minute and he's like, So, uh, how bad do you want to race? And I was like, Oh, great. Why? And this was, you know, we were about to like fly out the next, that later that day or the next day. And I was like, Well, I really want to race. He's like, Well, 
you didn't get the parts in. They, they shipped the wrong parts. Uh, can I steal the motor from your car? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> was like, what, what, they, what they didn't tell them is the engine may have already been on the hoist at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh. I tried to <laughs> and then I go out to the shop uh, before we're about to fly. And they're just in there just flying the engine out. And I'm just like, oh, my God, my poor baby car. <laughs> <laughs> But the, <laughs> and Ed's like, oh, I was like, he he just has this like evil laugh about it. He's just like loving tearing because he knows that's like my baby. That's like my first real car, and I'm like, oh, my poor car. And he's just laughing, and so but yeah. So that was one of the motors in that car is off my daily driver. They they they're almost done for the uh, This is this is not this is not the first time we've heard the tale of oh that's my daily driver engine got trans trans transplanted into the race car <laughs> see it seems to happen more often than all of us want to admit doesn't it yeah <laughs> indeed well i want to do a little bit of a flashback with you guys um 2016 okay. season you guys won the rally america championship if i remember correctly for two-wheel drive, mm -hmm. yes. Yes, for uh, two-wheel drive. And a very hotly contested championship. I, I'd almost say that that season to me was like watching the WRC today in that you didn't know who was going to win between you guys and Ryan Millen. Yeah, that was an awesome year. That was, so far, my favorite year of rallying. Uh, we come into that year, and Ryan is a great driver. He's a good friend of mine, and it's one of those things where I hate losing to him more than anyone, but if I have to lose to someone, I'd rather have it be him than anyone else. And so coming into that season, it was just hotly contested, back and forth, back and forth, and he pushed me to be a better driver. I felt like I pushed him to be a better driver. I progressed the most that year, and I had to keep, like, I had to be more consistent. I had to keep the car on the road, and then I grew, I grew, I grew my church level with my racing, too, where I, I realized that I don't have to necessarily always win the race. I just have to make sure I'm there at the end and I place high so I can win a championship. Because we went into Ojibwe and we had a little bit of a lead and there was a little bit of battle. And I made this big push because I wasn't driving very well that, that, that weekend. And then at the end, I was like, all right, we can make a push. I started making a push. And I was like, all right, we got him, we got him. And then I ended up losing, spun out. I didn't have enough stage wheels, I felt, to make up the time. So I said, hey, let's sell for a second. Let's, get, let's take this fight to LSPR where I feel comfortable and I can, you know, really push there because I don't want to – there's no risk and there's no reward to try and make up this much time with these sort of stage miles. So I backed off, made sure we kept the car healthy for LSPR, and we went to LSPR tied. And I knew when we went to LSPR that I would just go for it, and I knew I could get him at LSPR love those roads i felt comfortable and, and i just felt like that was a great year because i grew up maturity i became more consistent and I, you know ryan ryan was a big part of that because you know that rivalry and it was awesome and it was fun because i like to joke a lot and him and i would banter back and forth jab each other and just like make comments and it was great i loved it and i, I would not have it any other way i love having that competitiveness but at the end of the day we can hug it out and still be friends yeah, and, and, and I want to share a story about LSPR. So that season, like Cam said, it was winner take all for that last race. And so Cam and I kind of went into that weekend going, it's we either get first or we crash. 
Um, and, and that was pretty much a very realistic possibility because it was going to be who blinked first. And so, you know, we, we did testing beforehand and, and the car was working great, no issues. And, and like Cam said, uh, he loves those LSPR roads. So, so we're ready to attack. And, uh, the first day, you know, Friday, uh, people who've run LSPR know that it starts a little bit later in the day. And so I'm, I'm going to pick on Ed here for a second, but he wanted to make sure that our car was perfect, you know, ready to go that morning. So they were realigning it and, and he went to take it on a test drive and actually crashed it the Friday morning oh, no. of the race. And so we had to replace the bumper was damaged, but the big issue is we broke a control arm. Uh, we bent a tie rod end. And so they had to scramble and actually replace all of those things an hour before we were supposed to start Friday morning. And so Cam and I walk out of the hotel, you know, just, uh, again, it's a late start to the day. So we're just kind of kicking around in the room. So we come out and we go, why is there three people underneath our race car? Oh, um, no. And then your stress yeah. level hits the road. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, so Ed, Ed crashed the car, so we didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh. I can imagine, like, you know, you're relaxed, you know, you know this is your event, you feel yep. confident, and then you see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so we, we, okay, everything gets back together, car's great. You know, I think Ed probably cried a little bit in, in the trailer after we left. But uh, we went out, and I think we put almost 30 seconds on Ryan in the first leg. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Mike, it was close battling the whole season. I think there was races where we were split by less than 10 seconds after the entire length of the race. So um, to have and, that and amount of time wins. in the first you'd, you'd leg, win one yeah. stage and they'd win another one and yep. it was back and forth. And uh, I know that happened at OTR uh, that yeah. year. Yeah. It was it did. just crazy. Awesome. I think he caught you guys on the, uh, on the Dallas mountain climb. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Um, but you know, he put big time on us then, you know, Cam, Cam had struggled on that stage. Uh, it was some loose conditions where we didn't expect it. And so I think it kind of caught him off and, and just made him, we talk about being comfortable in a race car and, and he just wasn't comfortable on that stage and, and Ryan knew it. So he, he pushed really hard on it. <laughs> uh, what oh, yeah. a great, great season, but you know, you guys oh, end yeah. up prevailing, uh, the very next year in ARA, yes. the, the, the first year of ARA, you know, Ryan got his championship. So you yeah. guys are kind of both, you know, equal on championships there, so that's good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was great, and it's like I said, it's great to see Ryan win that. I mean, I'm super happy for him. I know we were trying to steal it from him that year, but we had a lot of mechanical issues because I was like, I don't want him to win one. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, so we get into uh, this year. Let's uh, go back to just more recent happenings. Just this last weekend, it's 2019. We have the American Rally Association national rally championship as they've named it now so now i got it's a mouthful huh yeah right (laughs) gotta untwist my tongue from what i used to say um but uh you know round one snowdrift now part of ara um all these rounds are now part of ara that you guys are familiar with and you've ran in previous championships um are you excited about having such a large championship to be able to contest yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm I'm awesome to have uh, everyone kind of back together again. Everyone competing together because I I enjoy the challenge of having more competition. Uh, and I felt the last year it was kind of split, and like some people were doing this, some people were doing that. And now this year, I think we're all kind of back together, and it's great because you know in America, you know it is kind of a smaller mainstream. It's not a mainstream sport, you know, it's small, and 
So mm-hmm. it's, it's good to have those competitors there, and I really enjoy it, and it allows me to race the best drivers out here, which I enjoy because I am a competitive person, and I want to beat the best. You know, I don't want to win against nobody. I want to compete against the best. I want to do well against the best, and if I don't, then I know I need to step my game up, and that's why I'm really excited this year to be racing against a lot of really fast guys and everyone again. Yeah, I think having the championship all back together like like Cam, I think it just it really brings the competition level up and uh and and it just makes it all kind of under one roof and and one rule set you have to worry about, you know, one set of licenses you have to buy. Um so it's it's good, you know. I I think the split worked okay to help grow the sport just because we did get a couple of new races out of it like southern ohio which we're competing in this year and and that's a fantastic race if anyone could make it to that one um you know colorado's still up and coming too as a race so there there were positives that came out of the split but i think coming back together this year is is going to be a really good thing for everyone oh uh, yeah I, I i'm excited to be able to be at uh, more of it i'm sorry i wasn't at snowdrift but then again due to technical <laughs> difficulties apparently there's no live streaming so <laughs> yeah yeah they were telling us that their cameras were freezing they could only uh have the batteries going for about four or five minutes and and i believe it yeah. i believe it. we were on the podium without uh any jackets on and and i think that's an error in judgment by my driver there but uh... <laughs> yes i would agree <laughs> <laughs> I, I was uh, questioning that uh, that thought process uh, when we were sitting up there. I was like, oh, man. And then Patel had a, a little bit longer speech than I expected. And I was like, this is our second podium in a row. And I was like, come on, Patel, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> Shut up, dude. We're cold. <laughs> yeah, r- race suits don't keep you as warm as you think they do sometimes do they no no especially we have the nice thin ones which are great all right. at all the warm races but uh-huh. uh not so much at this one <laughs> no. uh, so i was dancing up on that podium pretty good and uh blowing in my hands covering my ears and, yeah 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 it's cold let's go you know i just want to get out of there as quick as possible well, you know, we mentioned in our opener that you guys did end up winning your class, uh, the limited four-wheel drive at Snowdrift. But uh, give us an overview. Uh, how did Snowdrift go? What What are some highlights of uh, challenges and successes for that event this last weekend? Uh, so Snowdrift has always been kind of a, a challenging uh, race for me. Because, like, snow and ice, you know, I, I can drive on it well, but not, I'm not very comfortable and I don't as well other people like some people are just really good at it i'm a little novel guy so i've always like felt on edge and uncomfortable so for me this uh it was it's a tough race but i do and i still enjoy it because it makes me a lot better driver it makes me be more patient makes me have better car control and be a lot smoother so that so i came into this race i want to go a quick steady pace and snow drift is one of those where if, you, if you're fast and quick, but you don't push too hard and don't get stuck, you do well. And so that was my goal, was to keep it in the center of the road. You know, try not to use the snow banks too much, because I don't want to get stuck. And I, that, that was my biggest goal, to keep it in the center of the road and keep a good, constant, steady pace. And I felt that's what we accomplished, because I ended up stopping into any snow banks too hard where we got stuck. So I was pretty happy with the drive. I got a lot more comfortable being slow days. I got patience i had to be patient because like i'm i'm so used to being a really aggressive driver like hard braking hard gas i have to like kind of feather the gas a little bit ease on the brake a little bit more 
And yeah, so it was it was a tough rally, but I felt I grew a lot, and it was a lot of fun. Actually, this was the first snow drift I really enjoyed, even though it was freezing outside, because it was it was actually fun. Because I was like, ah, I, it finally started clicking in my head how to drive, even though we've had success there in two wheel drive, winning it before. But it just was so much nicer in the all wheel drive too, because I was like, oh man, I'm not on pins and needles or eggshells trying to get through this corner in a two wheel drive car. So Preston, um, you know, do you did you help with the notes wise trying to keep that pace, you know, kind of slowed down for him so that way, you know, he wouldn't be overly aggressive as well? Sure, you know, the the pacing of the notes on a snow and ice rally is is it's strange, you know, and and, and it does kind of put me out of the comfort level too because, you know, I'm used to Cam's pace on gravel which is very very fast and and so notes come pretty early and they come pretty quick. Um, whereas on snow, the notes still have to come early, uh, just since your braking zones and your points are extended, but I, I mean, they can't come fast. <laughs> and so it's very easy to get ahead of the driver and in, in notes. And, and, uh, we've worked a lot on notes in the last couple of years, you know, we're, we're writing our own notes as much as we can. And, and a big side effect of that. And of course a positive is we've worked really hard on adding braking points and, and slowing corners. Um, just that way it, it makes it a no brainer for cam. When he hears a slowing right five, he knows, Hey, I should probably be slowing in this. There, there must be something slower afterwards, or, or you know, breaking crest. He knows, hey, I can probably stay full throttle up to that breaking crest, and then that's when you got to worry about what's coming after it. So, um, you know, spending that extra time on recce and and making sure that you have the notes dialed in with those breaking points is beneficial. You know, the the struggle we have now is going from a two wheel drive car, which a lot of our notes are based on, to a four wheel drive car. Well, those braking points change, and uh, I think there's even a couple this weekend where where uh, you know the notes called, and it's like, oh well, that might have been a little bit optimistic there. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing you're <laughs> slowing down beforehand, but. Um, you know, really, really no drama on my side of the car, which is great. Uh, those are the weekends that I love is is when I don't have to worry about it, uh, especially snow drift, because the rule in our car is uh, Cam's a spoiled race car driver, and I don't want his feet to get wet. So if we're stuck, <laughs> I'm, I'm the out. one digging. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wear boots and, and spikes for this race, and that's the only race that I do. So I'm, I'm thankful for him keeping us out of those banks. <laughs> yeah, my feet get cold really quick. <laughs> <laughs> but no no you guys i've uh, i watched a couple of the uh videos from the in, in car videos from snowdrift this morning being stuck in the house sure with the, mi- with the minus 30 temperatures outside and you, you guys certainly seem pretty relaxed working together i mean i i know you were talking about the delivery of the notes and i noticed there was like when you were wanting him to slow down, there was a definite emphasis and and the delivery of like caught you really kind of like would drag out the word caution or yeah to get him to or, or slow or long. Yeah. You hear me extend a lot too. No, I, I I think it's really important as a co-driver where I want to say as much with my emphasis as I do with the actual mm-hmm. words. So so that even if Cam doesn't necessarily say here exactly when I say long, he yeah. hears that drawn out emphasis. And so he kind of gets a gist from it. And, and I think it's, it's critical as a co-driver that you're trying to give the driver so much information in a short period of, of time that any way you can help him process it is important. 
and that's one of those tricks that I learned, uh, fortunately, pretty early on in my career that, that has seemed to be helpful. You know, Cam will be able to tell you whether it is or isn't, but uh, at <laughs> uh, least for no, my seat, it seems. Yeah, no, it, it really does help, and I like the emphasis. It's, you know, sometimes when he's rattling off all the notes and I'm listening, I'm listening, and then I, I hear a little bit John out there, I'm like, oh, I really need to pay attention to this because yeah. there's something very important coming up, and it's, it's something that can call us out. Like, you know, it could be a really big incident, something important so that's why i really do enjoy the emphasis you know, i always sound like you know it, it, also don't be afraid to yell at me if i'm coming in too hot to like all right well and and you mentioned keeping it relaxed in the car at at the end of the day the number one thing that cam and i want to do is have fun um yes this is a full-time career for me but i wouldn't do it if i wasn't having fun in the car and and cam also drives a lot better when he's relaxed Mm -hmm. um and so kind of keeping that atmosphere light in the car and and i'm sure like the the thunder river you know the bond well what used to be bonfire alley stage um you can hear us having fun in the car because oh, yeah. that that's what we should be doing you know when when it's time to get down to business yes we have our job to do but uh other than that i mean we're racing friggin' rally cars how could you not have fun <laughs> <laughs> right. it, it, no it's great and it really is that bonfire alley was you know and we had such a comfortable lead and so that was us just kind of relaxing and kind of taking a victory lap where we didn't have to push and just have a little fun and mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's what i love i, I and like Preston said, uh, I, I am a, a comfort guy. When I'm comfortable, I, I drive really well. When I'm not comfortable, I, I you know, I, I'm not as good. And that's why I do like, that's why I try and keep it fun and light in the car. And we do, we, 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 we laugh and we joke and we have good times. And there's some great times in the car where, like, you know, Concord Pond where I'm like, you know, like, oh, that was amazing. He's like, he's in the car. Like, did you see that? We just launched that jump and, He's like, yeah. no, I'm in the car with you. <laughs> Actually, or- Oregon last year on Boyd's Loop, I think we were, what, third furthest off of the jump in, in our little STI. Mm-hmm. And, and Cam is literally hitting me on the knee after we landed that jump. And I'm like, dude, this is a right three coming up. Like, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I just get so excited. I'm like, that was so cool. I'm like, hitting, like I am hitting on the leg. I'm just like, starting to laugh. And like, like. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh yeah, he's in the car. Because <laughs> I do. I love, I love that film. It's so much fun. And yeah, you'll hear us laugh or giggle or yeah, it's really Like Preston said, you know, we're out here to have fun. Yeah, we want to be competitive because we're all competitive people. But personally, it's no fun. And when we have fun, we need to be competitive too. Because when we get frustrated, sometimes when I get frustrated, I should say I we overdrive, and then then it's not as much fun because then we're not going as fast. And so, yeah, keep that relaxed feel in the car, and that, that makes it great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just a beginner. I'm, believe I've been doing it three, three years, but I still am a beginner co-driver. And I was, I was listening to, to you dragging out the words, and I'm thinking, oh, that's a good idea. I will make note of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so I'm probably going to try that a hundred acre wood. We'll see what see. Yeah, yeah. You, talk yeah. there about, um, about bonfire rally. Uh, you talk there about bonfire rally, and we, we, anytime we talk about snowdrift, I think we've really got to put out a big a shout do a big shout out a thank you to the fans and the volunteers who stood there in freezing cold <laughs> temperatures to tr- to cheer you guys on that means oh absolutely yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that you couldn't even make it outside today, and, and not that I'm calling you out, I don't blame you at all, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, they're standing out there in the woods watching us come by, and, and it's it's humbling sometimes. You know, I, I look at the amount of people that come out to these events, and, and you know, we run into fans all the time at these races, and, and you kind of got to take a step back and go, who are we? Um, you know, we're, we're nothing special, but these people are coming out to watch us, so let, let's put on a show. No, I agree, and the, yeah, the fans and, and the volunteers too. I mean, yeah, you know, these guys don't get paid; they're out there freezing, you know, their butts off, and it's like, you know, thank you. Without them, we wouldn't get to do. I wouldn't get to be a spoiled race car driver and sent my nice warm car and make all these nice tracks. I do realize appreciate that, it, and yet, yeah, I was gonna say you do realize that from now on, every time I see you, I'm just gonna say spoiled race car driver, right? <laughs> oh, please do it! Please do it! <laughs> So, somebody has to bring him down a little bit. I, I've got to build him up so I can't bring him down. That way, there he has the confidence go. in the car. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm okay with it. That's that's a good thing. I'm okay with that. I mean, the Hollywood story and my nickname. And oh gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know this, but Cam's nickname is Hollywood within the rally community. Nice. Oh, I did see that on I did see that on the website. I thought, well, there must be a story behind that. So yeah, go ahead. What is the story? <laughs> well, how I got it, I'll tell you how I got it, and then I'll let Preston tell you about uh, Southern Ohio. That's a good one too. So how oh I gosh. got it, we were headed down to uh, a regional rally. I think it was Arizona or something like that. And we were joking around. We started talking about Top Gun, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm like Maverick. I was like, no, 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 I'm Iceman. I'm cool and collective and just badass. <laughs> like, no, 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 you're Hollywood because you're, you're a spoiled race car driver, you're a prima donna, you do this, you got this, you play the races. And I was like, no, I don't want to be Hollywood. I don't want to be Hollywood. I'm trying to fight it. And I was like, dang it. And so then I just started exploding that. And I was like, I hate you guys. And then I was like, I just got out it. And I was like, I'm kind of Hollywood. I show up, I wear my shades, my little hat, you know. I, I'm, I talk, I have a persona, I joke all the time. I, I'm just a monkey with a steering wheel. All I do is show up and drive. I don't really have to do anything. So I was like, yeah, I just play kind of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we were at uh, Southern Ohio, I think it was 2017, the first year there. And, and we had, of course, raised Ryan the whole year before. And, and the great thing we had had with Ryan is there's a lot of just playful jabs back and forth and and of course uh, Ryan would play up the Hollywood persona for Cam a little bit and and so it's just a lot of fun and kept things uh, very casual and we're at Southern Ohio fighting uh, Seamus Burke you know and his uh, I, I think that escort's pretty cool I, I still think it's the best sounding rally car out in North America right now but um, so we were fighting with him and I think we went into day two within 10 seconds or 15 seconds of each other and so they're interviewing us at 11 yeah it was pretty close but they're interviewing us at Park Expose and and uh, they had interviewed Seamus and and they come over to Cam and go oh man you know you're you're struggling to keep up with the old man you know what what's he doing that you're not and and without missing a beat Cam goes ah well you know he's getting pretty old so I don't think he has much to live for anymore and (laughs) and the whole crowd just goes silent and all of us you know me and the ODD crew are like Oh my God, Cam! What did you just say? <laughs> and and of course it was trying to be in in jest, but uh, and and Seamus and Martin came over and were laughing about it. But I don't think Joseph Burke took too, too kindly to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! <laughs> 
That is brilliant. Yeah. Well, and it was all Preston's fault because he set me up and got the guy's coming over doing interviews and he's on the last. Of course, it's my fault. He talked to Preston first. Hollywood over here. Yeah. Yep. So, so he had to play up to Hollywood. And then I was like, I gotta play Hollywood. So then I was like, playing out my persona, and he's going. He's like, well, what's going on? I'm using this uh, middle brake. I'm using the brake pedal too much. And, you know, I need to stop that. I need to do more right pedal. Like, yeah, over here, you know, like, he's, doesn't, he's old, doesn't have any slip on. Like, <laughs> 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 that, that was a mistake. Yeah. He followed up with a nice compliment. Like, well, no, I'm just kidding. He has a fast car. But I said, yeah. I was like, oh, great. I pissed off an hour. And then after that, he, he didn't lift. And I was like, oh, and then he started uh, kind of putting more time on. I was like, oh, yeah, no. That old man just won the, uh, you know, open two wheel dart championship in 2018. So yeah, he did. You know. He did. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we have a lot of fun fighting with Seamus. You know, it's, it's one of those things that's so cool to watch because we did compete against him obviously in a few races and, and very, very different cars between his and our car. Of course, they're both Fords, but uh, the drive wheels a little different and the power plant's a little different and and uh seeing the strengths of his car versus the strengths of our car you know almost like what we had with ryan in in years past um we we got to trade stage times with them and, and those guys are a lot of fun to compete against oh yeah and he's a very talented very talented driver i mean yeah awesome car like presence that sounds amazing and he's fast i mean he but he's a proper driver too and i mean he has to handle that thing. I mean, that thing has to be handled with that kind of power. So I, I give him props every time he's out there. I love racing against him. He's a, he's a good character for the sport. He's, his car is awesome, and yeah, they're, they're great guys. So I do, I do love racing against them. Cool. So I had one last question about uh, about snowdrift. I was what, like I say, I was watching your uh, in car videos this morning, mm. and uh, I saw I, I saw I saw at the end of the end of the hood that it looked like you had Formula One winglets on the front of the car, and then I got to the night stages, and it's it's the lights. Mm. I mean, those are some pretty cool looking lights. Those are what are they? They got they seem like they have like a really good coverage and uh are they are they specifically designed like that are they streamlined or something sure so that's actually the diodynamics um you know a lot of guys have started to use them in the past year and and we've used hids or or some combination of such for years past um and we're looking for a new lighting package for the cars that we're building um just because the leds with the bars like that uh they're a little bit easier to fab out mounts and and everything as opposed to us making fiberglass light pods um and they're pretty cool you know the fogs are awesome really good project projection uh really good width to them and uh you know the 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 driving lights or kind of the distance lights they seemed all right uh it's, it's kind of tough to tell in the snow um so i'll be curious to see how they work in 100 acre just with it being a high speed race um we're worried about outrunning them but uh no for for the price they are and and for the testing we've had with them so far they they seem to be working pretty good and they're light and they use no power which is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> that is awesome yeah it's true that they are super bright too and that's just it. They, we just don't know how far they project but they they have gotten a lot better and they were they're a better their diode is a lot better than the ones we had on there previously so we it is going to be curious to see what they are like at a 100 acre wood uh, but they did seem like the technology is getting better, so they are projecting further and further out. They're the brightest by far. I mean, 
if you're there, they light up the whole forest, and it's awesome because you can really see like what yeah. you're coming into, which is awesome. Yeah, I think that's been a lot of the challenge with the LED-based stuff, right? It's like they can be really bright, but getting that projection farther down, getting that focus beam has been the hardest part for those guys. But exactly, they generate yeah. almost no heat, though, and yep. almost very little electricity uh, yeah. because they're only doing that one wavelength of light, right? They're not doing the whole spectrum. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's just such a more efficient way of doing it, but yeah. it's getting that focus beam. and or, or they need to make some sort of combination. These ones are focused, and these ones are more wide or whatever. Yeah. Put that in the mix and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we run the focus beam from diode dynamics, and, and so those have better projection. And like I said, Vertex kind of still out as far as how deep they go. Um, just with us being a faster car, we, we tend to outrun lights. And so years past, we actually ran an HID driving light and then um, an LED fog light, which worked out great. Um, but, you know, from a car builder perspective, we're taking about 15 pounds off the nose of the car, which is wow. uh, either on the nose or on on the tail that's pretty much the worst place that you could have it so it's uh it, it makes a difference in that yeah that, that that's definitely a, a big difference wow i didn't realize that the lighting mechanisms were that much heavier that's, yeah but you know you've got also when you've got a little bit more weight right for more of an hid light you've got to then also have that mount be stronger because it is heavier that adds to the weight right and it all kind of compounds <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and, and you want a strong mount because another thing that can really distract a driver is if the lights are bouncing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you see that obviously any light has that kind of center hotspot, and if that hotspot's bouncing around, it's really obvious when you're looking up the road, and, and it can be distracting. Well, let's uh, talk about 2019. So starting off the season very well um, with a win at Snowdrift in your class, the open uh, or the limited four-wheel drive class. Um so plans for the rest of 2019, uh, if I remember correctly, you posted a schedule that seemed rather busy for ODD as a whole, in, in, not just for you guys, but for the whole team. Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously we have our full rally schedule that I talked about on, on that live stream, but um, we have a customer doing Pikes Peak, and so we're excited to be racing that mountain again this year. Uh, last year was the first year we did that with an Italian driver, and he's coming back for this year, so that's really cool. And then, um, as you mentioned before, we've got customer cars that we're building and then also servicing for. So we have Kiana that you know, we maintain and we service her car and she doesn't always go to the same races we do. Tracy Gardner, I know, is doing a couple of races that are different from our calendar. So uh, fortunately, we've got the framework now and, and some hired guns, if you will, kind of all over the country so that we can get that good spread. But even just 824's race schedule is is pretty ambitious. Uh, so we certainly hope for no incidents or no mechanical issues or else uh, it might end up a little too ambitious. So what guaranteed events are, are you and Cameron doing then? So guaranteed events, we're doing the full ARA national schedule. So, awesome. uh, yeah, 100-acre. Um, well, and, and Cameron's not doing Oregon, but we can talk about that in a minute. Um, Olympus, and uh, we're doing Southern Ohio, which, of course, is at super regional, how, yeah. however they're doing the points for that. Um, STPR, LSPR, um, Ojibwe. New England, yeah, we're doing New England this year, which I know Cam's excited about. If if we could run Concord Pond eight <laughs> times in a row, I think he'd be happy doing that and going home. Yeah, pretty much. I, <laughs> I always joke. I was like, yeah, we'll just go out for the one day, one target pond once we get done, and there's no more, then I'll call it a day. <laughs> awesome. 
park the car, put it in the trailer, and off we go. In general, if you're going to a rally this year in the American Rally Association Championship, you're going to see an ODD truck. <laughs> Very likely, yes, yes. See, even the regionals, again, exactly. uh, we're, we're kind of going all over the place, and, and we're going to try and make it up to a couple of Canadian events this year. Awesome. Um, yeah, cool. we, we, we love the Canadian events, just the atmosphere around them, and, and the fan base up there is, is great, and of course, uh, they have a big volunteer base of people working the events, so um, those events are just love lot of fun and so um, we we don't prioritize those but we always try and sneak them in the schedule when we can they're fun events and uh it's, it's pretty funny when we go to canada every time and we fly in or even across the border the, the the guys know what we're coming for they're like oh what are you here for oh we're here for this rally like oh cool what car are you in it's like the you know people at the border like oh that's no one in the market knows what rally is we go here and they're like what rally <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, you could be in the town of the rally going, no, man, you guys got a lot of cars out here today. So I'm going to ask about the Focus now, Um, the Focus RS that you guys have been working on. Um, I I know it's a big project. I remember the one that uh, Tim O'Neill was working on, had some challenges. Um, How's that build going? I I know one of the big issues of that car is its funky electronics with the differentials and things like that. Have you guys pretty much just, like, pulled that stuff out so that way – and, and just put something else in so you don't have to deal with all that. Uh, tell us a little, a little bit about that build, at least what you can tell us. Yeah, so so the great news is we've got all of that figured out because we're throwing all of it away. Yay! <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, this car, the, the big difference between ours and, and Tim O'Neill's car is, is there's, you know, was pretty much a bolt-on production car so Mm -hmm. bolt-on suspension and and pretty much keeping as much factory as they could and and with the build we're putting together uh we're we're trying to keep it within the limited open class uh but we're building it to pretty much the limits of that class so um we are pulling the whole driveline out putting a sedev driveline in uh transfer case and rear differentials so um so that'll be a a very nice goodie for cam to go back to the sequential because i know he's missed that moving into the Subaru this last year. So um, engine-wise, we're, we're pretty much going to keep that factory, um, at, at least for the first year, just since we'll have a lot of development and everything else. Um, and, and so that one, we, we don't need to tinker with a whole lot. And then we are going with a standalone setup. Um, actually going with the Bosch setup, so kind of stepping away from the Motec that a lot of the guys use, because um, Bosch has done the really high-end stuff before, but they've mm-hmm. just kind of started stepping into kind of the mid-range uh, for the standalone setup, so so we're excited nice. to start playing with that, yeah. Nice to have some competition, because, yeah, I know Motec's been kind of the, the go-to for, kind of the, yeah, the, the, the middle mid-region. Stuff. Exactly, yeah, and and you know we've got a glimpse into the desert race stuff with um, Fred Hatch, who who is the customer we built that Fiesta for, and as, as I mentioned before, he's big in the off road world, and he said, oh yeah, everything's Motec. You you either run factory or run Motec. There's pretty much no in between. So um, we're we're kind of trying something a little bit different, and and seeing if it can fit everything we want, and and see if we can do some development for them as well. So uh, I guess it is one of the ideas with this project that you guys will have kind of your own, like, again, where other you could build Focus RSs into rally cars for others. Yeah, no, I, I think long term, that's that's definitely an option. Um, as far as it being in a Focus, that is a question mark, just since Ford's not 
building them exactly. anymore. Yeah, um, such a limited quantity. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and so we kind of have our eye on on a couple other Ford products. So uh, Cam's dad is a huge advocate for Ford. Um, he loves U.S. companies, and and they own pretty much all Ford trucks, um, other than their rigs. So uh, that's part of the reason why we have stayed with Ford as much as we have. So um, you know maybe an EcoSport could be in our future. And and the nice thing is that EcoSport. Um, I don't know if people know this but it's actually pretty much a fiesta chassis um and uh as we've talked about already i kind of have some experience with the fiestas as as a team so just a little bit yeah so the EcoSport is that uh, i'm trying to remember what is that like their real compact small suv thing yeah yeah that, okay. that's that's the car so it's essentially a lifted fiesta with independent rear suspension well, and, you know, you yeah. have uh, previous competition in a small, you know, SUV that uh, did pretty well. And, yes, uh, you exactly. know, maybe, maybe this is one of the futures of, of Rally as manufacturers in the U.S. anyway stop making cars and decide that only trucks and SUVs are the way to go, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it may come into that. Cameron, you are going to say something? Uh, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it might be that, uh, you know, uh, like you said, with uh, here in America, you know, we like our big cars and SUVs and trucks. And, and like you said, you know, Ford's getting away from the car market, and it's going to be one of those like, well, what are we going to be able to use for a rally car? And so, yeah, I mean, the the sport's always evolving because technology is always evolving, and the type of vehicle that we have to use in the electronics trend, you know, with the new technology too, everything's like a plug and place. So and now we're you know, a lot of builders are fighting the new technology. Like, how do you delete this? How do you delete this? So that way you can actually drive a relic the proper way. So, you know, as the technology changes, we have to change with it. And so that's also another challenge that our mechanics have to keep up with. So, yeah, we even had an issue on the Fiestas that we built where um, we were having this weird code coming up in the system and it was actually cutting throttle on cam and it took us forever to chase it down and finally what we realized because we run factory computers on those cars that when cam was pulling the e-brake to lock up the rear wheels it was freaking out the systems and so it was going oh my god something is wrong cut throttle but it wasn't actually giving us a fault within any systems related to that yeah, that, I, mean, I guess that's probably one of the biggest challenges, and, and I guess to me when I was, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, Texas Dave Carpatian on the show, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that they like about these side-by-sides that are starting to take over in a lot of forms of uh, off-road motorsport is those are still simple, right? Yeah. Cars have become so technological, and the computers is the big part. They've got so many sensors. They've got, they can see when any wheel's slipping because, you know, they want to make driving safe insurance companies like that as well um but when you're trying to make it into a race car it's extremely difficult right and uh you guys have to always try and find ways to work around all those challenges yeah well think about it this way car manufacturers build cars to stay on the road and we're trying to take them off road fair point (laughs) but that's what makes it cool (laughs) yes exactly Mm -hmm. well as we kind of wrap up here um you know, uh, congratulations on the start to the season um excited to see you guys at so many events this year um upset that uh you just said that you're not gonna be at otr but uh you know i obviously i have my home event that i'm gonna have well, a bit of a the, grudge but that's okay the the team <laughs> will be there cameron is is gonna be overseas but uh i, I may make might make an appearance in a car we'll see oh there we go that hoping to yeah see so that. yeah so it'll be a good thing i uh 
I, I'm doing a lifelong thing I've always wanted to do. I'm a big motorcycle guy, and I've always wanted to either race or go to the Alaman and watch the Alaman TT race. TT? So, oh, you're whoa. going to the TT? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you're forgiven. You are officially <laughs> forgiven. Just so, make sure uh, well, you share many pictures and videos. Well, and he's actually oh, going with I'm with fine. another rally guy, uh, Oli Holter. So. Oh yeah, Oli's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a good friend of mine and uh, good drinking buddy. And he loves motorcycles, so I've done some motorcycle trips without him in California, with him in California. And uh, he went to Alaman a couple years ago and he did it. And he said it was amazing. He's like, "You got to go with me." And he's like, "I'm going this year. You got to come with." And I was like, "Sign me up!" So we're going out there for 18 days, doing like a 15 day like motorcycle trip around like Alaman and uh, Ireland and. I'm really excited for it. I'll be on a motorcycle, watch motorcycle races, and I'm like, all right. So, so are you like uh, doing like my brother used to do when, whenever he went out to the TT when he was when he was younger? He pitched the tent by the side of the road and uh, camped that way. Or do, are you going? Are you going to have a hotel? Well, come on, we're talking Hollywood uh, here. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. like some like hotels, some bed and breakfast places. And- well, really looking forward to seeing you guys uh, out at 100 Acre Wood and at uh, other events this season. Um, how can uh, everybody follow ODD? And is there anyone else you guys like to thank other than dear old dad? Uh, let's see. I would like to thank, uh, well, my mom, of course, you know, because without her uh, budgeting really well, wouldn't be possible either. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to thank, you know, Ed for working on the car, Ed McNally, uh, Ronnie Porter, and Danny Grant. They're both mechanics at our shop, and, uh, you know, they keep the cars going, which I'd like to thank them. Uh, Preston, of course, because without him, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Uh, you know, we've grown a lot together. Uh, all oh, thanks, buddy. In, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'd like to share some credit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, all the volunteers and organizers that put on the races that allow me to the thing I love, which is race, and I really appreciate it. And all the fans, too, that are out there that support us, and, you know, little kids that ask for my autograph, I think it's awesome. I love seeing, you know, everyone's excitement, and it's great. So, yeah, just that's who I'd like to thank. Yeah, and and as far as where, where to find us, so we do have our website, which is oddracing.com, um, and we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and Ian, it sounds like you, you came across our YouTube uh, page as well, so um, pretty much we're on all the social medias under ODD Racing or or Odd Racing uh, sometimes, and and uh, now th- thanks to Cam and thanks to you guys for having us on, and like you said, all the organizers putting the stuff together. Um, I've I've got a glimpse into it with Rally Colorado, and it's it's a lot of work, and and so we understand and appreciate what goes into put the season together. You know, we wouldn't be able to run what eleven or twelve races that's on our calendar without um, you know all, all you guys putting it together. So it's that's huge. Well. Uh, again, we'll see you at Hundred Acre Wood, and uh, look forward to maybe seeing you guys pulling out the cigars again. <laughs> every every time, and and the cigars. So those are not victory cigars, as a lot of people assume. They're uh, Cam didn't kill me, so I'm able to smoke these cigar cigars. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've only tried to kill him a couple times, and he gets all upset about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've written three cars off since we've been together, so yikes. <laughs> Only three? That's not that bad. 
Yeah, a car a year, you know, it's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. I, it, it's, uh, I always tell Ed, I get tired of last year's car, so I want a new one. I was like, this 2015 model isn't working anymore. I want the 16. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, guys, again, thanks for being on the show. Um, you know, love seeing you guys out there. Love all the fun you guys have. Uh, Preston, especially for you uh, making funny faces in the background of the camera. <laughs> it's what makes Rally so much fun is having you guys being a part of it. And uh, look forward to seeing you out there at 100 Acre Wood. Yeah, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank, all right. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, that about wraps up this episode. A couple of corrections from the last show. Apparently, I got it wrong. Alex Gelsomino did have his helmet with him. Of course, he had it in his carry-on. I mean, it's Alex Gelsomino. He has a nice helmet. Who would leave that in uh, checked baggage? Duh. Um, I must have had it wrong when uh, I was thinking of maybe somebody else that uh, got stuff lost with all the travel mayhem that was going on with the wintry weather. Um, Also of note, Kiana would have uh, restarted on Friday of Snowdrift, except the uh, sweep crew took their tracker, so uh, that did not give them an option to at least get extra stage miles in. Uh, Remember, if we get something wrong, feel free to send us a note. We might, might not be a major news network, but we still try and be as accurate as possible here. So, Anyways, remember, you can get our show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, See, I'm making up new words now. Or search your favorite podcast app. We're also on all the popular social media platforms. And if, you want, uh, if you're one of those people that uh, use YouTube for everything, well, you can listen to us there, too. Please subscribe, tell a friend, like and share, all that usual stuff. Who knows, maybe with enough of you subscribing and sharing, we'll get a sponsor or something. Anyway, I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Thanks for listening, Rally fans. Have a good day. <laughs> Mm-hmm.